0: Hello everyone and welcome to D20 Dudes Tip Top Roleplay Podcast where D20 decides our topic. I'm Dylan. Ah Biddles. And today... I can see that I will have to teach you how to be villains. We're going to talk about villainous campaigns.
1: Not to be confused with, oh my god, I'm the protag of my own story and I've got a powerful relic so now it's time to be a douche.
0: Yeah, that's called... Being an ass. Yeah. Yeah. Villainous campaigns... I haven't actually played in one. I've had a whole bunch of people, like, want to play in one. I've wanted to run one. But just never done it, you know? Um, Because it's... It's so different on concept than being the good guys. Like, whenever you're... uh, Whenever you're the heroes, you're the pro tags, you uh you you know, the the world just kinda seems to be falling apart around you. You've got a task to complete and you gotta you gotta hustle, you gotta you gotta be the man, you gotta be the hero, you gotta run and you gotta save the day. Like the objectives are all pretty straightforward. Whenever someone is trying to take over the world, you stop him. You you hit him in the face with a newspaper, you say, No. No, you cut that out. You
1: stop him. Bad boy. Him facing that
0: but whenever you're the villains whenever you're the bad guys whenever you're the ones taking over the world your course of action isn't planned for you it's up to you to figure out how you're going to do that so it's an entirely different mindset it's an entirely different mode of thinking where instead of the story being planned out for you you kind of write the story yourself
1: yes As I imagine, instead of having a static, big, bad adversary who's coming at you and all of his tiny little minions, you might have, I guess, a variable number of heroes who may be stepping up to the challenge to oppose you.
0: Yeah, like parties of heroes coming to stop you is a... Like, being on the other side of that is bound to be... interesting. But, even beyond that, like, first and foremost, whenever you're doing these kinds of things... Um, it's really important to kind of establish what a villain is for your party. Like how far are you willing to go? Like some people hear villain and they think like Robbie Rotten or Dr. Robotnik where they're kind of the bumbling oaf who happens to also be a super genius.
1: Oscarator.
0: Uh-huh. I'll get you next time, He-Man. And your little dog too. And your little dog um but then you've got some players who want to be uh they want to be a sephiroth they want to be dark and brooding and they want to i will show you the meaning of despair and all that goodness and then you've got all right here's actually a fantastic example of just the chaotic evil villain that i adore because i remembered the story earlier today at work um when i was in high school we had a gaming club after school, and uh, our, the teacher who sponsored that club, Lair, uh, would play with us, of course, like he was you know, playing games of Magic or whatever, and we were running a, a game of Anima, which is a system we haven't gone over yet because it's crazy complex. But we were playing a game of it, and he wanted to be a warlock, and he decided he was going to be the bad guy. So <laughs> we had... This group of goody-two-shoes, like, oh, here's Simon Smith, the warrior. He's going to carry all the weapons, and, you know, he he's going to save the world. And here's Chin uh, Long, he's the monk, and he's going to shoot energy out of his hand so he can defeat the evil shadow dragons. And then here's this warlock, and all he wants to do is kill people and have a good time. I remember they were sent to um, go fight some goblins that uh, were raiding the village that they were in and they end up finding out that these goblins were just living in squalor it's just they have nothing they're goblins they're stupid they don't know how to do anything so they're just raiding for supplies and just this warlock just slaughters them all wholesale finds all the children roasts them (laughs) and like eats a few of them right there in front of the rest of the group uh One of the roasted goblin babies, he, like, uses an ice spell to freeze it for later. Like, he just had this whole big (laughs) trunk full of, like, goblin corpses he was munching on for a few days. It was really weird how, like, he just went off the rails, like, just being the evilest dude he possibly could by just causing as much mayhem as possible around this group of goody-two-shoes to the point where they couldn't get any work because this douchebag kept following them around. So you you really got to know like what direction your players want to go in, like what their goal out of uh, their malicious intent happens to be.
1: But that's also not to say that a standard campaign can't end up turning into a villainous campaign by just the machinations of one or more party members.
0: Yeah, um, I had I had some plans for that with the Tailwind for sure, but. He ended up getting kicked out of the party way early. It was a uh, bummer.
1: Paul and I totally had plans for that in the Starfinder campaign.
0: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you guys were really into it. We're like, you were just a Cult of the Devourer member the whole time. You, you were literally one of the guys they were supposed to be killing, and everyone was just like, yeah, sure, come aboard. Nothing bad could possibly come of this.
1: Uh, that was going to be great.
0: It was. Not smart. Not smart on their part. (laughs) Um, But.
1: Yes, but. Go ahead. But. Despite all that, uh, things just kind of didn't end up panning out all the way. And I imagine a a good villainous campaign might not necessarily be so easy to one-shot, per se. I mean, you could probably do a bit of a oh I'm a big bad angry sorcerer gonna raise this town and that's gonna be the only session we have of it but uh, that doesn't seem grandiose or fun really it just seems like I wanna be a dick let's get it out now
0: yeah like there's certainly villains especially if they plan on being villains for a very long time tend to be goal oriented they have something they want to accomplish and then figuring out how to accomplish that goal is kind of the point of being a villain, um, as opposed to when you're being a hero. You know, a lot of the time your goal is just to, you know, be famous, be wealthy. So you kind of just go around doing quests. There's not really, there's not really an end game in mind, unless there happens to already be a villain, in which case your end game is to take care of them.
1: Um, And I also imagine it's a little difficult to make a party-oriented evil campaign, because a lot of people, I don't know, just a lot of people have a tendency to look at, well, you've got a big bad, instead of, oh, I've got this big bad organization, which all these people are coming at. It's like, no, we are a party of assholes, and we just want to make lots of trouble for people, but we have a plan it may be good, it may be bad, it may just be our own spin on what we would believe would be the correct thing to do that would morally be considered evil.
0: Yes, and this is actually why um, or one of the things I think fits uh, Pathfinder's uh, Kingmaker kingdom building rules very well. Where if you do have a group or an organization, like being your party, that are meant to be the villains, like You always see, like, the mad mage who has some mind-controlling ability, and he's conquered the orc tribes, and he's using them to do his... It's always something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But in reality, raising an army, maintaining the upkeep of a castle, of a town, making sure this army is fed, has weapons, uh, all that kind of stuff, there's a lot to that. So, in, re- in reality, while there may be, like, one singular head of power for these things, there's a lot of, like, smaller roles within these organizations that could be filled. Like, I would say an awesome concept for a villainous campaign is you are the lieutenants of the big bad. One of you is the general of the army, one of them is the head mage... One of you is uh, their black operations expert. So you have all these different roles to fill where you could be a rogue, you could be a sorcerer, you could be a warrior, you can be whatever you want to be, but you're somebody high up within the army. Or you could even be trying to rise within the ranks of that army. Say you're starting like a level one character, you're all just soldiers, but through the merits of your actions, through your drive and your desire to see the world burn, you are promoted into the ranks. Um, previously mentioned uh, will be a really good setting for that and other
1: than that as well you could have like a corrupted harpy, corrupted heroes might be something kind of cliche but we've defeated the big bad but at the end of the day we found out that the big bad was just doing this to try to save the planet what have we done? we've Beat him! We've stolen the artifact he had. Oh no! It's an evil artifact. It's making us evil. Now we've got to destroy all the people that we, ourselves, were about to become, so that we can. I've actually
0: um, recently read a story like, kind of along those lines, but it was more of a, are we the bad guys, kind of situation. Um, like these uh, this group had started out like they were all slaves, like in an underground fighting arena. And uh, they end up um, grouping with this uh, NPC, who uh, is like a nobleman, and he gets kind of wumped in this arena, but the party decides to help him out. And through this guy's leadership, they uh, they break out, they free all the slaves, and all the slaves have nowhere to go, so they kind of form their own little nation, and then, well, this guy decides he's going to head it up. And so he goes into a bunch of other Orc tribes and learns that the only way to make them listen is to defeat their leaders in a trial by combat. So he uses some underhanded tricks to beat their leaders so that, you know, they can bolster their own forces, have more supplies, and then, oh, well, um, so we need to transfer our energies. So we're building these giant black towers at all of our outposts, and we want a... uh, a symbol that will kind of uh, resemble our, or um, not resemble, um, signify our unity between uh, all nations. So it'll be a big black hand with each of the fingers representing a different one of the uh, the, the peoples who live with under our banner. And like at the end of the day, you it just kind of you know you started out just trying to be this guy who is accepting of all races and building a nation where everyone can live in peace, but because you need supplies and you're raiding and you're capturing people and at the end of the whole thing you're the generals of this guy working out of a giant black tower um, sending an orcish army to go invade other nations for supplies (laughs) and you just kind of look down like you look at the past and think how did we get here alright Sauron (laughs) but that's a way to look at it like you know maybe your, your guys didn't set out to be the villains but oops we're the bad guys Um, And then there's even, like, making villainous characters within uh, largely good-aligned groups, but playing it off very sneakily. Like, at one point, I think uh, one of my roommates had mentioned uh, having a campaign with some, like, evil-aligned characters, or, like, at least, like, morally loose, not just being the good guys. And just for whatever reason, the idea of a rogue jumped into my head, uh... Mostly an alchemist, but some rogue uh, for like charm elements and like sneakiness and stuff like that. He was going to be a charming man who would uh, behave like a nobleman and go into these various cities and court the women. Uh, But his end was uh, his sister had died some time ago, and he was in fact not a noble, so he couldn't pay for scrolls of resurrection or any of those kinds of things. So... He had to devise his own way to bring his sister back to life, so he was going to these various different towns and finding women who looked like his sister to murder them, take their body parts, sew a corpse body together out of these parts, and then reanimate her using his alchemy.
1: sounds kind of hilarious.
0: I think it would have been a great time if I got to play that (laughs) character just like role-playing, going out in the middle of the night and, hey, charming young lady, come with me back to my occultas. We can have a dandy time and then shoving a dagger in her throat.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, that just reminds me of one of the archetypes I remember reading about. I think it was for, like, Wizard? But it was False Priest, where you essentially use illusion to make it seem like you're doing all these clerical miracles, but you're actually just not doing anything at all except infusing people with illusion magic and then leaving.
0: Dude, that was, like, exactly the idea behind me playing Grigori Rasputin as a warlock. <laughs> I had absolutely no holy powers. What I did have was a bunch of illusions. He got eaten by dragons. <laughs> Turns out illusions don't help much in combat.
1: Well, not against dragons, anyway. <laughs>
0: Uh, it was a fun time. Um, but I guess like back onto the original point, like because of these different kinds of uh, like ideas for villains, like what a villain can be, um, mm-hmm. knowing what your players want out of this is going to be a big deal. Because say you've got one person in your group who thinks of the word villain, and he sees Robbie Rotten in his head, so he thinks that's what this is going to be, and the noise. game starts up and you guys are going on your first, like, pillaging quest to get some materials from the nearby village, and uh, the anti-paladin in the group is raping all the women, and he's just really not okay with that. Like, that's something that needs to be discussed beforehand so you can kind of avoid these situations that may make members of your party uncomfortable. Because you don't know what's in a player's past, necessarily. You don't want to bring up anything that could really a sensitive subject without knowing beforehand what is and isn't okay.
1: Yeah, because they're, like, not just as the player characters, but also as the person playing the characters, everyone's gonna have their own view on what their morality is in regards to how far they're willing to take an evil character. Somebody who is somebody who's very morally inclined might not be so thrilled to do something like being an anti-paladin that rapes all the women.
0: Yeah, so, definitely if you're going to start something that's completely evil-based, know how far it's okay to go with all of your players. Because um, that, that can be a real turn-off from the game. That can drive people away if you start describing in horrifying gory detail um, you know, the murder of all the children in town and it, like, Really triggers something um, know your limits first and foremost,
1: yeah, like most people would probably be fine with extorting the local populace, but not so much as like one you must sacrifice one woman to your lord Sergeant Dingleberry every month to appease the local noblemen so that they do not raid the village and take all of your women
0: and also a good thing to do for one I would say uh, villainous campaigns are better for smaller groups Um, there will be less uh, less chance for like major conflict within the group itself Um, just just a little aside there but establishing what the goal is for each character and how that goal can be reached within the framework of the group is incredibly, incredibly important for cohesion. Um, like, f- for instance, um, say you've got one guy who's playing the wizard. He's dumped all of his points into intelligence. He wants to conquer the planet. That's what he wants is he wants the entire world to bend to his will so that he merely needs say the word and his will is done. Doesn't even need to use his spells anymore because he's got servants to do everything for him. If you've got that person in your party, but then you've got the bloodthirsty barbarian who literally just wants to watch the world burn, you've got two very opposing goals there. And that's not to say that you can't have both of these characters be in the same group, but you have to sort of help them work out why these characters would work together and why the wizard would tolerate the barbarian or why the barbarian wouldn't immediately try and decapitate the wizard. Like, these guys could totally work together, whereas, you know, the wizard pays the barbarian and gold and food and women to... um, (laughs) only raise certain villages and make sure that cert- some of the men are like left behind to be recruited into the army that the barbarian will get to rule over whenever all is said and done. Like it's you got to dive into what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how these goals can mesh together to make a single cohesive party. Because being separate villains with separate goals is going to be a major um, spark of dissent you're gonna have people fighting over what is and isn't getting done in a villainous campaign.
1: But that also brings about another interesting manner in which you can go about it. If you've got a somewhat larger group and you have two people, two or more people willing to be DMs, you could host simultaneous villainous campaigns where the each of the villainous groups are kind of at odds with each other or in a sort of race to achieve their goal first. Say that big bloodthirsty barbarian wants to murder everything, but the wizard wants to rule everything. They're clearly at odds in that regard. And if you can't find a common ground to it and you have more people, they could have their own designs on achieving their goal where they would in- essentially be interceding with each other, working alongside, or even interfering directly with. But yeah. it's a little more difficult without at least a little bit larger of a group
0: yeah dude having multiple simultaneous campaigns within the same setting like that is such an undertaking that requires a lot of coordination like d and d adventurers leagues are all about this kind of thing um and they're coordinated at a huge scale, so it can take kind of a lot to get that moving uh and it's something that i actually um not for villainous campaigns, but it's something I was trying to do for some time. Uh, I don't remember if you were part of this campaign, Bartlett, but we had one. No, I don't think you were. Because uh, it was the campaign where um, they were on a set of islands. There was only one continent on the entire planet, um, and the rest of the world was just these various islands with incredibly diverse biomes and they had airships to travel around because they couldn't use regular ocean ships. The ocean was full of demons. And if anyone tried to sail with a regular ship, they would get dragged down uh, because (laughs) this giant demon king douche nozzle named Alexander uh, basically took over the entire world and drowned it and then filled the ocean with monsters so that uh, the world would be isolated. Um, And like a major thing on that planet was that if you looked up on the horizon um, this planet was in a binary orbit with another one Um, so like every few days like there would be a cycle where these planets would orbit each other and uh, each planet called the other one horizon and the thought that each planet thought the other planet was like a paradise that they were meant to reach the other planet was actually an online campaign i was running with just a few people where that world had been taken over by uh, the barbarian king from the north, Aldebaran, who had been granted a crown that allowed him to dominate the mind of anyone he looked at. Oh. And all the territory he took over while wearing this crown would freeze. So the world was slowly becoming frozen uh, as he conquered more and more land. So, kind of the point was like each of them were meant to, um, like, kind of. Beat their own big bads, and then find out what was actually, you know the true power behind both of these villains. And both groups would have to come together to face what the ultimate bad guy was.,
1: yes, I thought it was cool. Probably didn't pan out so well, though. Uh,
0: no. Um, the The online campaign was doing all right. Um, It was taking place on Roll20 and was actually just a group of a few people who were part, some of them were part of the first campaign, um, but uh, a couple of them weren't. And that one went alright for a while, Uh, but we ended up um, being unable to play that one for a series of weeks at a time and uh, it just kind of fell apart. And then the one that we were playing here in the apartment that was on these islands, The group was taking weeks to get past an island that should have taken them maybe one or two sessions at most. Because they decided to explore every little nook and cranny of this island instead of. They had two options. They could um, gather the resources to rebuild their airship that they had crashed and then just leave. Or they can investigate something that was happening on the other side of the island where a group of enemies had an airship and they could take them out and steal their airship if they wanted to. But they didn't either of these things and ended up just being on this <laughs> island for an excessively long time and then they got bored of it and decided to quit playing. And I was like You guys chose to not do the things. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know what I could have done more for you, man. But yeah. Just kind of the way it went. Sometimes things will just fall apart like that. It's kind of just part of being a DM is uh learning to deal with that. What else can be said about villainous campaigns? They're honestly kind of a simple topic. I thought this was going to be a longer episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I guess there are really a lot of things that go into it. It's literally more about the details and the concept of it itself. Because each individual villainous campaign, it's not like a one-size-fits-all. It's like, it's not X condition exists, so Y result is what occurs, Z is the motivation for it. It's not like that.
0: Yeah, you really like it is kind of on an on a case to case basis, like what makes them fun, what makes them good.
1: Yeah. Like you could have a villainous campaign with good characters who think they're legitimate. Like you mentioned earlier, maybe we're the bad guys here. Where you go in half cocked about an idea and end up going the other way with it.
0: Yeah. Oof. That actually does kinda of bring up a kind of another thing, like what, what constitutes a villain. And we have a whole nother episode planned on what a villain is and what makes a good villain. Um, but goodness like okay, what I... could constitute being a villain because like maybe you're not necessarily evil but you have a very militaristic dictatorial regime that you work for and maybe the people that you're fighting against the entire time aren't you know bad guys they're freedom fighters who just are tired of you know being under a dictatorship even if you're not necessarily evil
1: or what I think's probably one of the better examples of a misguided thing there is, uh, you played Fable 3, right? Uh,
0: yeah, King Logan.
1: Yeah. Most people legitimately thought he was an absolute douche-dazzle, but he was doing all of that to keep the kingdom from being overrun by the stupid shadow. Here, here's the thing.
0: Okay, we're gonna do a little aside for this what makes a good <laughs> villain topic. King Logan was a terrible villain. And I say this for the massive, overwhelming, glaring reason that yes, King Logan was being a dick for the purpose of saving the land of Albion. He was doing horrible things for good reasons. There was absolutely NO reason he needed to keep that secret from his younger sibling. So, yeah, he may have been being a douche uh, for a good reason, but the thing is, like, running a kingdom is something that takes a lot of people. If he had just let it be known to his younger sibling, yes, we're doing some pretty awful things, but this is what has to be done, else the entire world of Albion will be consumed in darkness. I'm pretty sure little king or little queen would have been right on board with that because if the alternative is literally the wiping out of all life, I'm pretty sure you're willing to do some pretty terrible things if it means the survival of your people.
1: I didn't say it was a good reason for him to. I'm just saying that that's the most glaring example that comes to mind. Being a dick for the right reasons could still end up making you a villain.
0: Definitely true. Um, I haven't watched Whack foo, but I've heard a lot about it. Um, another, oh, yeah, another. I've
1: played uh, that.
0: Uh, yeah, it was like this whole like game online TV show. Like it got this whole brand based. Like it was like doofus or whatever it is. But doofus, <laughs> dingus. <laughs> um, yeah, I I played like the original like little tile based MMO a little bit, but I never really got into it. But I've heard like, the villain of Wak-Fu, like, was basically committing genocide on a massive scale because he was convinced that with the energy he was being given, he could go back in time and prevent any of it from happening. And I, I think at one point he even admitted, like, yes, I'm doing terrible, awful things, and I hate myself because of it. I am an awful person, but If I complete my goal, none of this will have ever happened and it won't matter because no one will have died. And that's kind of like a, alright, like if he actually had managed to accomplish that goal, technically true, he would still have that weight on him that he killed all those people that there's a timeline wherein he just murdered millions of people, but what the world is now, none of that ever happened. So, in that case, is he still a villain? Yeah, he's doing things for an incredibly good reason, because ultimately his goal is to prevent a whole lot of suffering from ever having happened, but he's still causing more suffering to reach that goal, and I believe ultimately he fails.
1: A hero is a villain to someone.
0: Yeah, like, villainy is a lot a matter of perspective. Um, You know... I mean, just think about like what's going on here in the United States. I would say Donald Trump's absolutely a villain. I would say that man needs to be put to the guillotine. But there are tons Ooh, right. of people here in the in the states who think that he's the messiah. He's going to save the United States, even though he's a massive illiterate moron. I
1: don't know, Diddles. You might want to keep the uh, politics out, because otherwise, I just want refer to reference Hitler here.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 History is written by the victors. I'm gonna yes. give it that. Because
1: um, after all, Hitler started off as a nationalist. Yeah. Not saying that I believe his. I, I think instead of I a thing.
0: Hitler argument, we should use a Thanos argument. Because <laughs> Thanos, being a fictional no. character, <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanos did nothing <laughs> wrong. He's absolutely right. We were de- depleting the universe's resource at an exponential rate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the finger snap didn't happen. Here's my
0: thing, though. Thanos had all of the Infinity Stones and could alter the entire universe to his will, right? Yep. So instead of getting rid of half the population and causing a whole bunch of grief, why not just double the amount of resources available?
1: Yeah, or, you know, infinitely renewable resources.
0: Or, yeah, just, like... I don't know. Invent more efficient fuel sources so that people don't have to. Like, dude, like there was just so many other options. Thanos was insane.
1: Well, he got turned down by death. He totally oh. <laughs> wanted well, to I give her the Thanos date. Snap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to give her the purple pickle.
1: Better, Romanoff, you better not be playing hide the zucchini.
0: Well, um, so to recap. You know, know your players limits uh, in terms of what isn't isn't acceptable uh, in in terms of being a villain like are we talking like Robbie Robin Robbie Robin Robbie rotten level of villainy where you're kind of the lovable oafs or are we talking um, American psycho
1: Mecca Hitler
0: <laughs> Mecha Hitler or another thing you know, Know what the goal is. Know how each character can fit into the goal. There's got to be a framework, especially if your characters are drastically different in how they want to operate. Plan the lie. Plan the lie. Always plan the lie. (laughs) Been there, done that. It's hilarious, but boy, does it cause things to to just halt. And I guess know your setting. Um, is a big one like again there could be freedom fighters fighting against you guys there could be parties of heroes coming against you guys know what makes you the villains so um, the DM or GM can plan a good campaign around it and And bonus
1: points if you can run simultaneous campaigns
0: yeah that that's something we'll talk about I think in the future because that That's difficult, even under the best of circumstances. Um, And my final point on villainous campaigns is, boy howdy, get creative. Because villains open up such a new world to work with. There's so much that constitutes villainy, like that character I mentioned, who seemed like a normal dude, until you find out that he's killing women to steal their body parts to reanimate his dead sister. Like... Mm get thinky. Go right deep into that brain thoughts of yours. Figure out something creepy and spooky and weird. And I make know. it into cool stuff.
1: I don't know. Gorbash was pretty simplistic in his. i just with you guys, because you're killing people. I want to kill people.
0: Yeah. It was amazing how Jameson wasn't the villain and then killed a whole bunch of civilians for really no good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm feeling
1: petty against this particular elevator operator. I'm going to sabotage his terminal so it explodes.
0: Yeah, like, if if just... (laughs) If you just want to murder bone everything, then that's... If that's your jam, then go ahead. But, like, I'm telling you, being a villain gives you a lot of creative options, because if people don't know you're a villain, you're going to be that much more effective.
1: Yeah. Or if they suspect you're a villain but aren't certain, you could always keep them guessing.
0: And here... So, uh, I think that just about wraps it up for this week's episode, but here is my final thought. Look up the story of Dat's Glittergold. It is a (laughs) classic because it is an exemplary story that tells exactly how a character can be a villain... And get away with it. It's amazing. It's an awesome read, and it only takes like two minutes to read the whole thing. But it's just the dopest. Look that up, read it, have yourself a good giggle, because that little gnome is the most fearsome thing that will ever happen to the land of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my goodness. Alright, so I guess it's time to roll that magical d20.
1: Roll that die!
0: Oh, goodness.
1: Sixteen. <clears throat> eight
0: <000. laughs> thousand. How did you roll eight thousand on a d20? Oof. He was hiding from me today. Oof. All right. Number six, splitting the party. Oof. <laughs> That's oh, the big oh. oof.
1: Definitely going to have to get Paul on this one.
0: I, I hope. God. Our schedules have been the most conflicted.
1: Tell the quote being responsible.
0: Uh, well, he's uh, he's done with his uh, scoogling for now, so hopefully we'll be able to get him back on here soon and get these episodes uh, on a bit more of a consistent schedule.
1: And you'll get to hear somebody with a different voice than me, the stand-in.
0: Or me, the co- the host.
1: <laughs> Paul clips up or me.
0: <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, like two dudes no one's ever heard of are just <laughs> posting next week's episode. All right. <laughs>
1: Mr. J and Mr. X.
0: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Thank you everyone for listening. We got Twitter at D20Dudes on Twitter. We got Facebook D20Dudes on Facebook. We can just Come to our workplaces and harass us in person if you know who we are. If, and freak. if you do <laughs> <Not>. like <laughs> I for one
1: will tell you to leave.
0: And I'll I'll cry. So <laughs> look forward to that. Uh, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Bye. Bye <coughs>